You're listening to Your High Self Podcast, episode 26, how to create a life that's worth living. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to have you here. It's the last Monday of 2019, which is kind of exciting. So to wrap up this year, I wanted to talk about what we can do to make our lives better and create a life that's worth living. Um, personally and professionally this year, I had actually the one of the toughest years of my lives um, and not because of any external circumstances. And you wouldn't think I had a really tough year looking at all that, the external stuff or looking just from the outside in, but that's because the things that make life worth living, these skills are the tough inner work that sometimes we all kind of push to the side. So whether that's asking yourself the hard questions, stopping and pausing so that you can reflect and be on a journey of self-growth and self-reflection, that's the stuff. So when you do all the inner work, your outside world falls into place. So I'm super excited to have this conversation with you guys today. Um, So I'm going to tell you the five skills that you need to help create a life that's worth living and then how you can start 2020 off on the right foot. But before we begin, I do have an announcement. So tomorrow... Tuesday, December 31st at 12 p.m. I want you to invite you to join me for a new year visualization meditation circle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you through a visualization meditation to help you gain clarity on where you want to take your life and then attract that success into your life. If you've never done visualization before, it's a meditation technique where we use your imagination to um, not only like put your dreams and goals into like an actual visual process, but to give you space to kind of think about what it is that you really want. Um, Visualization is a really powerful technique. I used it during all my competitions. Professional athletes use it. And what it does is that you are prepping your body to, um, I'm going to explain this wrong. (laughs) So Google it. But basically when you can visualize something in your mind, your body doesn't know the difference between if that's real and if it's not. So you put your body into a state of being as if that thing has already happened. And that's what helps you attract or manifest success or goals into your life. Uh, No joke, I did this for my first competition. I visualized what it would feel like to stand on stage, what it would feel like to win, what would I do with my hands, who would I see, what it sounds like. And when that moment happened for me, it was like it was like deja vu. It had already happened in my mind. Super powerful, super great. So we are going to be using the subconscious power of our mind to balance our energy and then reprogram our thoughts and emotions to be in alignment with our New Year goals. If you listen to uh, the podcast episode, podcast episode two weeks ago, we talked about how to effectively set your goals. And you might remember me saying that the feeling behind the goal is super important. So that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow is getting you into alignment, the alignment that you need to be able to feel into your New Year's goals and make that come come true for you. So I hope to see you there. You can grab your ticket down below. And if you can't be there live, you do get the replays and which is still just as powerful. So I hope to see you there. Okay, so that's it for announcements. Let's get into it. So like I said, I'm going to be teaching you the five skills that I think that you need in order to create a life that's worth living. 
Um, these are skills that I teach my clients in my group programs and my private coaching and the ones that I personally have built more of and strengthened myself this year. So these are from my experience. Um, the first one is to be in control of your mind. So this particular skill is something that I learned in my life coaching, um, you know, certification programs and the thing that I use with my clients and it's called the thought model. And what the thought model is, is it's, um, if you've listened to the podcast podcast episode with, um, oh man, which one was it? Jody reprogramming her negative mindset. I use the thought model in that episode. So go check it out if you haven't already so you can see it in action. But it is a model that we can use to see how our thoughts actually create our results. So the model is um, circumstances are the facts of life. They are things that we cannot control. Circumstances will trigger a thought. Your thought is a sentence that you say in your head. It's a belief. Thoughts trigger feelings, which is a vibration in your body. Feelings trigger actions, which is what you do or do not do. And then your actions trigger results. So every single result that you have in life right now can be traced all the way back to a thought, whether that be a conscious thought or a subconscious thought. So because that is so powerful, it is very important that you learn how you can be in control of your thoughts. One thing to keep in mind is that you are not your thoughts. So our thoughts, um, we have about like 60,000 thoughts a day. And just because a thought comes to you and it says like, oh my God, I suck, it doesn't mean you actually suck. So being able to be like a gentle observer of what your mind is thinking can be very, very powerful in helping you be in control of them. So when that thought comes, you can, when you have more awareness, basically, you have the, when you have more awareness to understand what you're thinking, then you're able to impact your life so much differently. And so when that thought of I suck comes through, you can be a gentle observer of it and be like, is this thought true? Or is just just a thought that I'm having, and can I just let it pass by? So being in control of your mind is one of the most impactful things. And when you can be in control of your mind, and when you can start to analyze, okay, I'm overthinking right now. I'm getting down into my rabbit hole. You're able to pull yourself out, and you're able to shift. So what this does in the long run for you is it reduces overthinking and distractions. When you can reduce your overthinking, when you can reduce your distractions, and even just like unnecessary thinking, you feel so much lighter. You're able to make decisions from a place of feeling good. You um, don't feel like you're a victim to your mind and overthinking and overanalyzing which is going to save you tons of energy and it's going to help you make the decisions in life that you want. So if you're not at a place in life that you want, so say for instance, you are struggling with your food and your body image, or maybe you're in a career that you don't love. Maybe you want to work for yourself, but you are not putting in the actions that are needed to get there. So AKA you are not living the life you want right now. We can always trace everything back to a thought. And oftentimes it's hard to do by yourself, right? It's it's so much easier to see the blind spots in people, which is why coaching is so important and why I recommend it to everyone, like everyone at least try it once. Um, I have coaches and it's always amazing to me because I, I feel like I have a great sense of self-awareness and I 
can like I can see my spots, my blind spots, my dark spots, but my coach is always able to see that blind spot for me and it's so helpful. So being in control of your mind is the first skill and I would argue none of the other skills matter until you learn this one because this is really the foundation of um, your mindset. The second skill is adaptability. So what adaptability means, I kind of think of it in a few different scenarios. And the first scenario that I see it in is the all or nothing mentality. If you have an all or nothing mentality, then you most likely have a lot of rigid rules in your life. You don't have a lot of adaptability. If things are not this way, then they're not. You have the this or that mentality. Adaptability is this and that. So I can be late and still be a good person. I could be feeling insecure and still be worthy. So putting the and is really helpful and starting to shift your mindset and developing the skill of being adaptable. Um, being adaptable also means adapting to positive and negative circumstances. So kind of like we how we talked about with the thought model, the circumstances are the facts of life. And some facts cannot be changed. And learning to be able to adapt to that and change your thinking around it is key in helping you just, just feel better. Like just stop being such a victim to your circumstances, right? Um, pivoting when necessary is also about adaptability, not being, um, not becoming emotionally attached to things or people that don't, don't serve your highest good. I really learned this this year with pivoting, uh, my business and how I help people up until this year, I was actively or not this year, but up until right now at this moment, um, I've been actively coaching competitors. I had 11 clients compete this year. I think six of them walked away with their pro card in first place. Um, um, six over the last two years that I've been coaching, 11 clients competing this year. And it was a really great, you know, business revenue for me. I was consistently having clients. I had a wait list. I was really good at it. But I realized that I wasn't super happy in that role. I didn't love the art, I call it an art of dieting someone down an extra 10, 15 pounds of weight that they don't need to lose. But they need to lose that in order to be ready for stage. Because as you guys all know, competition lean is a very extreme version of physical fitness. And that's not an everyday look for like to be healthy. And so dieting that person down that extra 15 pounds took a lot of emotional work on my part. It was really hard. And uh, when I realized that the end result, so they, they would win and I still wouldn't feel super happy about it. That's when I was like, okay, like I'm have become emotionally attached to being a competition coach. I'm kind of not forcing myself, but I'm staying within this lane because I think that this is the only lane I'm allowed to be in. And I became really emotionally attached to that. And I had to let go of that. And I had to pivot and I had to be like, you know what? What I love most about competing is helping my clients achieve the mindset transformation needed in order to become a person that was worthy of achieving that goal because it's such a hard goal. It takes a lot of personal development to get yourself mentally focused in a place where you can go and achieve it. Uh, it's a lot of putting yourself first, saying no to parties, friends, events, um, just 
keeping committed to your goals and those goals are like daily exercise, hitting your steps, drinking your water, meeting your macros. It's a lot of commitment. And so getting that person into a mindset of where they can achieve that is what I freaking love. So I was like, okay, I can adapt. I can still pursue that and help people with that, but with a different means to an end, meaning I could still do that without there being a stage at the very end. So I had to adapt and I had to pivot. And I will let you know that it has been so worthwhile and so helpful for not only just me, but my clients. And, and, you know, there are a couple clients that I'm still going to be coaching for competitions because I really believe in them. And, and I know that we can pursue that goal without it becoming an eating disorder or it hurting their body image. And they are so grateful that I did this pivot because now they like what one of them said to me was I'm so happy that I have a coach who cares about my personal development who cares about my mental health and you're not just in this for like social media and whatnot so anyhow learn to adapt figure out or just kind of reflect on this year what were some situations where I didn't adapt and how did that affect me and how can I learn from that experience moving forward skill number Three is personal responsibility. Again, this ties back to number one. Um, When you have the skill of having personal responsibility, that means that you understand you are the person that is in control of your thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So with any result in life, even if it's a result that you don't love, when you learn to take personal responsibility for all of that, what happens is that you start to become accepting of reality. You just change your perspective and you know that there is no victim mentality here and that life is happening for you and that you are in control. And even if it's a result that you don't like or love, you know what you can do to switch it, to change it, to shift it, to move forward, right? Um, why don't we have this skill? <laughs> it's because it's been actually socially conditioned into us. How many times when you were little did your mom say or did you hear your parents say, um, Or like, did you come home and you were like, Brian hurt my feelings and your parent was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry he hurt your feelings, blah, 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 blah. In reality, Brian didn't hurt your feelings. Your thought about Brian's comment hurt your feelings. And I wish we taught this to children. I'm definitely going to teach my kids. Um, And even as an adult, I need to remind myself of this every time. When someone says something to me, When they give me their opinion, they didn't hurt my feelings. My thought about what they said, the story that I attach to what they said, is what's causing me suffering. Just when you can be in that mindset, when you start to take everything that people say to you as more of a reflection of what your internal brain is saying rather than what they're saying to you, it just makes a huge difference. Um, You're able to make decisions quicker. You're able to see the good in everyone. You're able to see the good in your life. You're able to um, be solution-oriented because you're not in victim mentality. You're in victor mentality. You start to give a shit and you want to make your life better because you know that you're the one responsible and you are the only one that can make that happen for you. Skill number four is failure resiliency. This one is huge. 
I had to learn how to fail over and over and over and over and over again just through the last six years that I've been on my personal development journey that I when I started competing and I um, won my very first show like with competitions and then I had to take a little break because I got an eating disorder and then when I got back into it the first three I like got last place <laughs> and I kept failing but I kept coming back back. And at that time, I had this mindset of, well, if I haven't failed yet, then it means I haven't been trying hard enough. So I kept failing. And when I failed, I was like, okay, this is good. I can keep trying harder. I'll keep trying harder. I'll improve my posing. I'll improve my bikini. I'll improve my stage look. There was all these things that I decided to improve upon in order to get the result I wanted, which was to place, which I eventually did. I got second place once. So when we live in a fear of failure, when we don't have any resilience toward it, it's going to ensure that you live a crappy life because you stay inside your comfort zone. Um, I failed a ton with my, my business when I was first starting online coaching. I can't tell you how many programs I had put out there, like six week challenges where no one signed up. <laughs> like once only two people signed up and then, um, I gave someone a freebie because they had won the, won a contest. And I don't see that as a failure per se because people still signed up, but it didn't meet the expectations that I had set for it. Like I wanted 10 people, um, but nevertheless, like I didn't let that hold me back and I treated that group of three like a group of 30 and I gave it my all and um, like I just, I I gave it my 100% and that is what cultivates your fear of your failure resiliency and your capacity to be able to tolerate failure. And I think that's huge. And it's something that I've been kind of talking to my clients about and something I heard on another podcast where it's like, how big is your capacity to fail? Like, is it just a cup or is it a liter or a quart or like a huge bathtub full? And you can find what your um, failure capacity is and the resilience you have towards feeling it based on how many things have you been scared to do that you haven't done. Reflecting back on 2019, were there any goals that you had written down but did not achieve due to fear of failure? And if that's a yes, that means you have to build your resiliency towards it. And I'm sorry to tell you, but you will fail. Actually, I'm not sorry. You will fail. Here's the thing. You're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to, you know, probably look stupid and that's okay. Like nothing in life was ever, that's nothing in life that's worth achieving comes easy. And you want to be happy, which is why you want to achieve this goal, but you're so scared of failing. The thing is, is that happiness and flow is achieved when you're being challenged. I forgot where I read or heard this, but it was something like when you're being challenged 10% above what you normally are able to do inside your comfort zone, you feel more happy because you're applying yourself. So I told my clients yesterday, how can you put yourself more in harm's way in 2020? <laughs> Like, how can you put yourself in a position where you have to experience failure so you can increase your resilience and your capacity to feel it? 
and not be so scared of it. And when failure happens, you just move right along. Um, You guys remember the first meditation circle I talked about in November? It was a trust your body meditation circle so that you can trust your, um, just build your trust and resiliency towards the holidays and not binge. Guess what? No one came. <laughs> like literally zero people signed up for my meditation circle. And you could see that as a failure. And yeah, it was a failure. I wanted people to come. I had a really great meditation lined up, but literally no one signed up. And that's okay. I didn't let that hold me back. And I still went moved forward and announced my other two circles for December. The masterclass for goal setting, which six people signed up for and then this new other meditation circle which I don't know who have who signed up for it yet but the point is is like for me to create a life that's worth living I had to feel that failure and had to move forward anyways and I had six people sign up and it was the best masterclass ever I had so much fun teaching it it was on a Friday night we all got together we stayed online for like an hour and 45 minutes people got to meet each other who've never met each other before and help each other and tell each other their goals and it was like such a beautiful moment and that makes life worth living for me But again, in order for me to have felt that success, I had to fail, feel that failure and move forward anyway. So my failure resiliency is very high. Just because people don't sign up for a meditation circle or a masterclass, like I don't care. Like I I still move forward and I still pitch other circles and other masterclasses because people not signing up for one thing is not a reflection of me. Like I don't make it about me. It just didn't work out at the time. It doesn't mean future meditation circles or future masterclasses won't work out. And on that note, if you want to come to the visualization one, get your ticket and hang out with me tomorrow during it. I promise it's going to be amazing. So now the last skill for um, living, how to create a life that's worth living is unconditional self-love. Oh, you guys, I can't tell you just how much different my life is now that I've learned how to love myself and not love my body or love who I am, but unconditional self-love, which means that I place no conditions on me. I love myself despite letting myself down. I love myself despite not reaching my goal. I love myself despite binging on Netflix for a full day instead of working. Like, what I do and my actions do not influence at all how I feel about myself. And this is so important because when you have unconditional self-love, it becomes a really strong foundation of your life. And what you don't realize is that your self-love and how like the intrinsic way that you feel about yourself, which is really self-worth, it drives like how we think about ourselves and the actions we take for ourselves. If you don't have a strong sense of self-love for yourself, then you're not going to put yourself first. You're not going to put yourself in harm's way to experience a failure because you're going to think that you're awful and that you're horrible and that you don't deserve it. And of course you failed because this is who you are. You get what I'm saying? When you have a strong sense of self-love and you don't put conditions around it, then you start to do things for you. Like you start to put yourself first. Like I said, you invest in programs, you start that business, you reach out to that friend, you 
reconnect with old friends or family. Um, the, the number one difference between like what self-love is and what we see it is online that I want to make the distinction for you is that loving who you are. That's what self-love is, who you are. And that's through the dark and through the light. So when you're feeling really shitty and when you're feeling amazing, it's loving who you are. What self-love is not, it's not loving what we do. So this is what I mean by the conditions. I love myself for who I am, not what I do. So it doesn't matter if I binge on Netflix for a full day instead of accomplishing my goals. It doesn't matter if I ate like four cookies, which I do often. It doesn't matter what I do. I still love myself despite any of the actions that I take because I love who I am. And if I'm being the person that I believe I'm meant to be in this world, if I'm being my highest self and I'm doing my best with the information I have in that moment, then I can feel at peace and at rest. It's when we are not being who we know we're meant to be, when we feel unrest, uneasy, and that's why we don't love ourselves and then we get really hard on ourselves. So it's an inside job. It's never external. It's never about your clothes or what you wear or getting that new pair of shoes or just losing that last five pounds or getting that job or that promotion or signing that client. Like it's never the stuff that we do, it's who we are. And learning to love yourself unconditionally is gonna open up so much positive energy and momentum for you. And it's going to just give you that conviction and that confidence that you've been looking for to go and achieve those goals that you set for yourself. So it's never about what you don't have. It's always about who you don't think you are. And that's why I love life coaching. That's why I love the work that I do with my clients because it always, always boils down to self-love. And And again, it's never about what my client does. It's changing the belief. So for you, it's changing your belief about what you think of yourself. Okay? That's unconditional self-love. So I hope that this episode was helpful. If you did find it helpful, I would love for you to share it on your stories, tag a friend, um, share it with a sister or a friend or your mom or your aunt or your cousin, anybody who is just looking for that motivational pep talk, that boost in life to make 2020 their best year yet. Um, The last thing I was going to tell you was how you can start 2020 off on the right foot And I wanted to invite you to work with me. So one of the things that I have learned throughout my years of personal development and like also my years of being a coach and a client is how helpful accountability is. We can listen to all the podcasts. We can write down all the things that we want to do. But if you don't do the doing, you don't put it into action, then you're going to get nowhere. So I wanted to invite you to work with me. Uh, You can work with me in three ways. So one is through my private one-on-one life coaching. Um, We meet weekly. You've got homework. There's lots of deep reflection and um, 
question asking that I do. If you've never had a live coaching session, I would just recommend getting on a call with me. You can just go down to the link in the show notes and you can apply and we'll get on a call together. That way you'll get to feel like what life coaching is. Um, The second way you can work with me is through my group program that's called Mindset Makeover. It launches February 14th, I think. I'm forgetting which day specifically. Um, and that is a 10 week group program. It's like an academy. We meet twice a week. One is a check-in call and the second is a training call. So it is, um, really intensive and everybody that graduates the program is always like, oh man, I need to go back and review some of the things and just pick one thing from one of the weeks that we learned and put it into action because there is so much. Um, and because there's so much, what I've decided to do is that third way that you can work with me is through a new mastermind that is called Elevate Mastermind. It is going to begin either late January, early February. I'm not putting like a time stamp on it yet, but I'm inviting six women to work with me really closely in a mastermind experience, which means that we are um, keeping each other accountable and supporting each other through your goals. So The biggest difference between Mindset Makeover and the Mastermind is Mindset Makeover is a a Mastermind-esque, but um, you're doing a lot of learning. So you're learning the training modules, which cover core values, boundaries, wellness, rest, sustainability, self-love. So it's very much like a learning thing. And then the Mastermind, the long-term Mastermind, um, still will be learning, of course, but it's much more based around support, accountability, and sisterhood. So if you are looking for a group of like-minded women to meet weekly with, and then also you get a once-a-month private call with me to um, help you stay accountable towards your goals, but also to just be that support group for you, then reach out to me. You can find all the links down below. Um, Once you apply, we'll get on a call to make sure it's the right fit. I did this mastermind last year, but I only did it for six weeks. And then the biggest result I, or like the feedback I got was it needs to be longer. So it's six months. Oh, and the best part is that there is a retreat experience at the very end where we'll all come together and have an amazing weekend retreat. Um, Date and location to be determined, but I've been doing some Googling and doing some research. So anyhow, if you are my ride or die, you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've got some really big goals that you need accountability and support with, the Elevate Mastermind is perfect for you. So if you have any questions, reach out. My email is down below. And again, like I said, all the links to apply are down below. And that's it. If you guys have any questions, hit me up. Super happy to talk to you. I hope you have an amazing week. Happy New Year. I'll see you guys next week, same time, same place for our first Monday 2020 episode. That's it. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to be your highest self.